0: Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello my friends, and welcome to episode 217 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's, uh, it's been a minute since uh, since we've been together. I've been very, very busy and lots of things going on, namely today... <laughs> uh, just to kind of interrupt the show real quick, I, I've been very busy today because I have a brand new granddaughter born today. So uh, I've been very sidetracked and uh, running behind on getting today's episode out. But I let you know, <laughs> let it be known though that uh, mom and dad are doing great, the baby's doing great, and uh, we are just thrilled to death uh, to you uh, we know welcome this, uh, this new little girl into our lives and I uh, cannot wait to hold her here in just a couple hours but so that's been that's been holding me up a little bit today but i've got uh, had some time away where i could go ahead and finish this and get the episode out there because this week we have a very special return guest in steve clark steve was last with us almost a year ago Back on episode 188 in August of 21, and uh, he's back again to talk about his first full-length novel, *The Doors of Chamberlain*, and it's a fantastic book. It's it's very thrilling, and uh, he does a great reading from it that uh, you're going to really enjoy. Uh, we've got links for all for that book and uh, where to follow him in the show notes. But the interview itself was a lot of fun. Uh, always good to talk to Steve, and we are talking. Uh, about subjects like author mentors and the importance of having one Uh, he has a mutual a mutual friend as a mentor and uh, they get you know that helps him along and I must have had mentors in the past and uh, still have a few people that I can reach out to when I'm needing help so author mentors are an important thing we're talking about getting over ourselves when it comes to promotions uh, and promoting ourselves as an author to finally, you know, okay, i got to stand up, and when somebody says, oh, what do you do? You need to say, well, I'm a writer. I'm an author. Hey, here's my here's where you can find my books. You know, things like that, discovering our novels while doing a short story, and uh, the hidden surprises that are found while pantsing a story. Uh, it's a great interview, and you're going to really enjoy it. It's coming up here in just a moment. Uh, getting back to, you know, that I've been away for a little bit, uh, just kind of looking at the calendar and looking at my schedule uh, here lately and how crazy everything has been. I I think that's just, (laughs) I think I've just kind of resigned that that's just the way my schedule is going to be this summer. You know, episodes are going to be a little hit and miss for a little while. Uh, You know, just my schedule conflicts uh, and time constraints that are going on. It's been tough to have a day that I can dedicate uh, interviews to and so on. So I've had had a few people that I've talked to that we were trying to work something out and just nothing's worked out yet. And, uh, you know, fortunately things worked out this week with Steve. But, you know, just my schedule is just that kind of hectic lately. And uh, hopefully here in a few more weeks you know, towards the uh, you know, into August, it's going to settle down some. I'm still going to be getting a few more episodes up here and there. But, yeah, I may be missing a week or two in between. Uh, but, you know, the good thing is, as I said at the top of the show, this is episode 217. Well, what does that mean? Why is that good news? Well, it means you have over 200 other authors, other episodes, to go back and check out. I mean, book, anything you could be looking for is there. I mean, we've got science fiction, horror, westerns, romance, uh, nonfiction. We've got weird stuff. We've got poetry uh, I mean, everything in between, lots of thrillers, lots and lots of thrillers in there. So any kind of books that you could be looking for, just hop back in the, uh, the backlist of the show. Uh, you can either go on to SampleChapterPodcast.com, and you can look at it by year, uh, by month. Uh, if you go over to our YouTube channel... You can go through our list of videos, and each of those also have the cover art, so you can kind of get an idea of. Oh, hey, look, that's a uh, there's a cowboy on the cover. This must be a western, or uh, you know, here's a bunch of blood. So you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, judge a book by the cover, right? <clears throat> but anyway, you have over 200 episodes to go back and check out and uh, find something wonderful to listen to. Plus, I'm still going to be posting things on our social media site. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I, I do like to go back, usually on Thursdays, and do a Throwback Thursday and share old episodes. And I've been kind of doing them in a themed, a theme here recently, where it's like, okay, let me share two or three episodes in sci-fi. Uh, let me share two or three episodes in the Western genre. uh Different things like that, and that's been kind of fun. And a few people have been commenting on those that they're that they're finding new authors that they hadn't heard of before, and that's awesome that's that's fantastic. I love it. I'm so glad that people are finding that. So yeah you know, make sure you're following the show on social media. Again we're right there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Uh, iTunes is still my favorite one you know the the iTunes uh, podcast players where I listen to everything. So if you are subscribed then you'll never miss out whenever I do get back on schedule and start having regular episodes again. If you're not a social media type person, but you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so through email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just reach out to me. Let me know if you are an author and you'd like to come on the show, or if you have an author recommendation, and I will uh, you know, I'll reach out to that author. If, if you'd like to leave a message, you can call the show uh, by dialing one 851 1146 and leave me a voicemail. And uh, you could be hearing that coming up on an upcoming episode. Well, before we get to the interview, I just want to thank my sponsors and uh, friends of the show. Starting with Scribner, my favorite writing software. And I, I've i been having a good time. I actually went back and started planning out each of my chapters. Uh, which you can do e- very, very easily in Scribner. And uh, Bandit 2 has has been much better because of it and i'm making some great progress so getting that going and uh, doing it all because of scrivener check out this advertisement for how you can save 20 percent on the regular desktop version jason here hey i wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool Scribner. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scribner Writing Software. Built by writers for writers. Alright, thank you once again to Scribner. Uh, I also want to thank my uh, affiliate of the show, Writer's Block Coffee. Writer's Block Coffee has three different writer-themed coffees. There's the Deadline Dark. The writer's block signature blend and the whiskey barrel aged blend Uh, (laughs) now that i say that out loud is that really writers themed whiskey barrel aged blend you know i guess it depends on the writer huh (laughs) but that's my personal favorite though i love that whiskey barrel coffee that's it's so good hey try try one try them all Uh, order one time or set it up on automatic shipments Uh, Whatever you do, click that link in the show notes to get over to our personal page. As an affiliate to the show, you're going to save a little bit on your order. You're going to save 10% and the show gets a little something back uh, because of your order. So uh, you're helping us out as you go. Finally, I want to thank my friends over at Pop Goes a Culture Network. Joey Mills uh, over there running the show on Pop Goes a Culture uh, podcast and the uh, one of my other favorite shows on the network, the Alamo Draft House, uh, the Backlot—that's uh, a lot of fun to listen to. But there are uh, six to eight other shows that regularly have episodes uh, week in, week out. So uh, make sure you hop on over to that link in the show notes and check out all the wonderful shows on the network. Lots of good stuff to listen to. Everything—if you anything pop culture related, movie news, comic news, uh, you know, television. If it's pop culture related, it's it's in there. So check it out, and uh, you're gonna find something good. I promise. All right. Well, hey. Without further ado, how about we hop on over to our interview with the wonderfully talented Steve Clark. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Welcome back. Uh, this week, we have another return guest, a fan of the show and friend of the show, uh, Steve Clark. Steve last joined us uh, almost a year ago in August of 21 for episode 188. And at that time, we were discussing his his latest book, his debut book, for that matter, The Collapse of Ordinary, uh, which had come out as a collection of short horror stories and uh, <clears throat> you know, watching from a distance. I know it did really well and uh, a lot of people were very proud of Steve and I'm one of them uh, with that book and how it turned out and now Steve is back. He had his uh, his next book, The Doors of Chamberlain, came out in April of this year and so I'm a little behind getting him back on the show but I am so glad to welcome back to the show and ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome him, Steve Clark.
1: Thank you very much. I am very happy to be back.
0: <laughs> I I'm thrilled man and I mean I had uh, I actually went back and was like checking out that episode and listening and you know we had a good chat had a good time talking and I mean it you were telling me later on that you were nervous but I mean man you had so many good things to say and great information and it was a great episode you did fantastic you'd never know that was your your first time
1: I I appreciate it we're setting the bar high this time so you know, we got
0: <laughs> It's all downhill from here man right. that's right <laughs> oh goodness well hey uh, i mean you had a uh, a fantastic year last year with uh, with two books coming out or well the uh the short story collection that you got a, you got a story in with matt wilstein and then your own book uh the collapse of ordinary and then uh kicking things off pretty good this year so far with with your first one in uh, april uh sounds like you got some good motivation or uh uh not motivation what am i trying to say here momentum going
1: yeah, that is a that's the plan. I mean, I had my goal was originally last year, and I mean, it was my first year publishing, so that anthology came out in it was either March or May, and then the Collapse of Ordinary came out in August. So, or at that point, I was hoping to have the next book out by the end of that year. That ended up being unrealistic, and and I was fine. I mean, two releases in my first publishing year ever i mean i'm i'm really satisfied with that so but so yeah the new book came out in april and then uh i'm looking to try to keep that same at least that same cadence of of two at least two releases a year so i'm shooting to have something else out by the end of this year
0: hey and that's that's the beauty of uh indie publishing is uh, you know if you miss deadline a little bit they're self-imposed uh, as long as you don't have a pre-order set up right and you, and you miss that but uh <laughs> that's funny that you say that because i was in listening to the episode last year i was i had no idea that that was the same point when i got my artwork back on my first uh first of my series and so i was announcing it and like oh yeah it's gonna be ready for pre-order here soon and it, it actually did not come out until october and i was announcing it in august but mm. still i mean and it's and book two is just, Oh my gosh, forget about it. It's I'm so far behind on that right now. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it, it all works. I mean, it's, that's the wonderful bits of, of uh, being an indie author and sure. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to take, you know, five, six figures from a house and be able to, Oh yes, sir. You want that right away. I'll get that for you right away. Yeah. But, that, would, uh... <laughs>
1: that would be great. But, but yeah, I agree with you. It's nice to have that, that freedom that if things come up and you get behind, then nobody's nobody's on your case about it except for you i mean you just have to set your own goals and adjust as you need
0: mm-hmm. yep absolutely so uh fill us in a little bit on collapse of ordinary how did uh, how did that go for you last year
1: it went really well um i mean i being a, a brand new author it i i didn't have I had realistic expectations. I had some mini goals in mind, sales-wise, where I'd like to be, and and I got past those. I mean, it's gotten good reviews on Amazon and um, Goodreads, and uh, I've reached people outside of my inner circle. It's not just my family and friends that are that are buying it. People I've never interacted with. So, so it, it was it definitely exceeded expectation. It was. I mean, it was cool to to see the reach and get feedback from people who have no moral obligation to be nice to me about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh man,
0: there's nothing better than getting that first review from somebody that you don't know.
1: Yeah, I had one that was, it was really cool. They took the time to, because that's a short story collection. They took the time to individually rate every story in the book and give like a little, like oh, basically wow. like a blurb and it was someone that I did that I don't know. And, <laughs> and I never interacted with though. So, I mean, that was really cool.
0: Oh man. That's awesome. That such man, that's just, I'm so happy for you. That is really great. Then that you, I mean, here's the stranger that you, you touched them on that level. And, and I mean, at the time when you were writing it, who knew you were going to have that kind of reach and that kind of effect on someone that, uh, that they would take that kind of time, but, uh, man, congratulations. That's very well done. Thank you very much. So did, were you able to go to any events, uh, sell some books publicly somewhere, do
1: a table? Ah, no, I have not done that yet. I, I would really like to, um, I, I've actually never even been to a convention at all, like even as a fan. So that's something that I'd really like to do. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm in Ohio, Southwest Ohio kind of, in between Cincinnati, Dayton area. And mm-hmm. uh, so I've been looking around to see what kind of things are within re like, I know the, uh, the scarce of cares and the author con stuff uh, is in, I think Virginia. So I, that would be really cool, but that's like an eight, nine hour drive for me to mm. get there. So that's a stretch, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm haven't done it yet, but I, I'm definitely want to, it's definitely something that's on the agenda whenever I can, nail down somewhere to to do it yeah
0: yeah well i mean something one thing i would i would recommend and uh, i i actually was just talking to somebody about this recently uh here local is look at your local uh things like local fairs uh you know especially we got fall just here a couple months away uh they could be announcing them now and those are cheaper ways to get in you know it's like 20 30 bucks for a table something like that and then you, uh, you go, I mean, you sell a couple of books, you've made your, you, know, you broke even, you're all set and then you can, you're all set and you get three books now. So, I mean, plenty of, uh, you know, plenty to, to, you know, work with and uh, get people interested in different, uh, you know, whichever they'd like to get, or maybe all three, you never know.
1: Yep. That's, that would be, that's a, I've actually, so I, uh, I know you are familiar with uh, Mr. Chuck Buddha. He is, <laughs> yep. He's a a mentor uh, for me, so and we've spent a lot of time talking. And uh, he is actually we were planning to do it this summer. He was going to come up here and uh, help me do sort of like a pop up signing somewhere with me. Mm. Um, we've had to push that back to the fall, uh, just for life reasons. But um, so yeah, that's an, that's an option too. But we're I'm definitely I'm definitely into whether it's a, a convention or a smaller thing, just to get beyond the. Uh, the social media marketing, which I will wholeheartedly admit I am not good at.
0: <laughs> Me neither there. Me neither. I mean, it's, it. you know, and what's funny is if it, when it comes to the show, I'm all about, Hey, let's spread the word about this author I'm talking to and that author. And Hey, here's this back episode. But then my author page, it's like crickets. I'm not saying anything like <laughs> every couple of weeks. I remember like, Oh yeah, I should, probably say something about you know here's this other book i wrote and (laughs) i just i i forget about publicizing myself once in a while i'm putting it something out there it's just like oh, but i mean it's you know i don't know i guess it's what it is
1: (laughs) i'm in the same boat i because i don't have that much to promote and i don't really post that much anyway so like i it just feels like i'm I have to be annoying with just that that same post just worded differently. Like here's this new book. And I don't know. I know, I mean, I know that you need to do it, but, Oh, I know I need just to be more active and uh, mix it up and throw some other things in. But I think like a lot of us, I'm a, a bit of an introvert. So I, I don't really, uh, it's not my comfort zone to just post all the time about things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, And it's surprising from what I understand is that uh, so much of that is in our own heads. Mm. Uh, Whereas people are really not bothered by seeing someone else post so much um, about their books. And uh, I forget what they say. You have to see something uh, six to 10 times or something like that before you, it finally sinks in and you want to check it out, which is is funny because that actually happened to me um oh gosh about a year ago or something like i, I kept seeing a post for a uh, for a book on uh, on facebook of all places i just kept seeing this post over and over and over again I, and every time i saw it i was like well, that's kind of interesting and i finally probably the 10th or so time i finally clicked on it I was like well let me see what this book is i keep seeing it and it was the same post every time but it was a sponsored post so of course it kept popping back up in my right. timeline and i finally clicked on it and uh Holy cow. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm, I'm a fan and I follow the series and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's like, and it, so it works. It's like, you know, I was never annoyed by that ad. I was never annoyed to see that. It just kept popping up and it got, it put that earworm in my head of uh, where I finally was like, ah, you know, I should finally click on this and see what it is. Cause it's interesting to me. And, and uh, I'm glad I did. And so, you know, using that example, it's like, okay, I've got to take that upon myself to think, okay, I got to get over myself and over my fear of, you know, oh, I'm bothering people. It's like, you know what, it didn't bother me. And maybe it's not really bothering other people. Gotta, gotta get the word out.
1: (laughs) I think you're 100% right. Because you're, it's true. You're right. I, I never even crosses my mind. If I see somebody's post about their new book, a bunch of times in a short, I, I mean, I get it. They're doing what they're, what they need to do. So I don't know. Yeah, we just have to get out of our own way.
0: I think. Yep. I mean, speaking of speaking of buddies, I mean, we're both friends with uh, Armand Rosamilia. Mm-hmm. And how often do you see his ads pop up?
1: Oh, all the time. And all like the time. It. Yeah. I like it every time. I do too. I do too.
0: <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess that's a page for both of us to uh, to look at.
1: <laughs> Fair
0: enough. Oh my gosh. Well hey uh, so the latest book, The Doors of Chamberlain uh, came out in April. Uh, tell us about
1: this. yep, so this was uh, my my first shot at a longer work. so up in, well when I think we talked about it last time with uh, the short story collection, I was working on Doors of Chamberlain then and up until that point I' my longest work was like a six thousand word short story. so, at that point, I wasn't even sure I could do it. Um, it much like with the short stories, really getting, I needed to do it once and then to know that I could do it. And then it just started, I was able to do it again and again. So, so that was the, the big challenge with that one is proving to myself that I could hold a story together for 30,000 words, uh, when I'd only, I hadn't even done 10 yet. So, Hmm. so it took, uh, it ended up taking, I think it was eight months from the short story collection to releasing that one. And um, yeah, so it's about a it's about a girl who boyfriend goes missing while filming a ghost hunting documentary. And uh, there's no leads. They they can't find anything. And then three months later, she's kind of spiraled into depression and she's not taking care of herself. And she gets a. Uh, package in the mail with a flash drive and a note that reads that her boyfriend is not dead and someone needs her help. So uh, kind of pulls her into, reignites the hope that, that she might be able to find them and uh, shenanigans ensue, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. Thank you. So now what was the, uh, what was the, the spark for this? How did this story come about?
1: Well, I, I love found footage stuff. I, uh, and I, and I really haven't, haven't read a whole lot of found footage. Like my mind defaults to movies with that. Like, I mean, me too. Yep. Uh, I was, I think I was maybe like 15 or 16 when the Blair witch project came out and and <laughs> I went to the theater and saw it with my brother. And, and that was, I mean, I know that, I know that movie is a love it or hate it movie and I love that movie. So, I mean that was that was huge, but so I, I just kind of had this idea for a found footage, at least a found footage theme, and then um, I I like paranormal stuff anyway. I like ghost hunting shows, so I just they kind of started with this idea of the the missing boyfriend and um and really a lot because I don't I don't really outline so. At, when I first started it and I had the base idea where she gets the package with the, the flash drive with videos from the the ghost hunting shoot um I really didn't know where it was going to go I, I had sort of an idea but really like a lot of the short stories do it it turned into something totally different um as, as I as I got into it and it I mean it worked out it uh, I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out but pretty much like all my stuff. I mean, it kind of starts with just a either a scene or a vague idea setting or something like that. I don't, I kind of wing it and figure it out as I go. Mm-hmm.
0: What, did it, did it start off like a short story, like something, it was just going to be another one of your stories and then it suddenly found some legs.
1: Well, yeah, I, so I had written like the first chapter and I think that was before I had, published collapse of ordinary the short story collection so at the time i'd written that first chapter and um i knew just from the way it was building in my mind i knew it was going to be longer i didn't know how long i didn't know if it was going to be novella length or just a really long short story but i had i had what i needed for the collection and so i just kind of let it i put it on the back burner and just kind of let it stew for a little bit and think about um where I could go with this, but I could, I could tell then that it was a bigger story than anything else that I had done. So I had, I had hopes that that would be, I would be able to turn that into a novella and just, just to take that next step and, and do it and know I could do it. That's awesome, man.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So, and and
0: you don't plan any of it out. You just kind of were feeling it out and pantsing it, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as it went. Uh tell me about the uh the characters. What were they like in your head as you were going? Like, were they telling you, like, okay, here's where this is gonna go? This is what's happening to us.
1: Bas- yeah, kind of that's how it works. So, I mean, I had the like the main character, her name is Janie. She was uh the the girlfriend grieving over her lost her lost boyfriend. And um, so I had her in mind, and then like originally the the it, it's not a huge cast of characters anyway, but originally it was even smaller. It was just her and then she receives the videos from the, the filmmaker. So him and her boyfriend and at first, like when I guess, kind of short story mentality, that was it. And then as I got through it, um, actually, well, i written the first maybe third of the book and uh, actually talking with Chuck, uh, he suggested an idea cause I was talking to him about just fleshing out the story and, and really to help me get to that level of, of a novella. Mm. And he suggested, uh, another character idea, which ended up, be, I ended up turning into, uh, Janie bringing in her boyfriend's sister, who was sort of a contrast to her where Janie was grieving and, and depressed and, Uh, her boyfriend's sister, Leslie, she was really like hyper focused and not giving up and driven and doing research on her own. And, um, and that opened up like a whole, a whole new area to explore and a new dynamic and bringing those two together. Once those, once Janie had the video so that it wasn't just her doing this alone. And, and Mm -hmm. that wasn't even in the plans in the beginning. I mean, that just between conversations and then, just kind of things happening like I tried to outline this book and I got so uh, I got so far and then by the time I got to that point in the outline it wasn't even the same anymore so it's just it's not how I work right now <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I I when I'm writing my standalones I like to more or less pants it like I'm I'm already working the story enough in my head before I even start that I I know we're essentially where it's going like I know how I want it to end how I believe it's going to end but I don't know everything in between I just kind of like feel it out and feel my way through it but my series I've learned um, the first book was was about like that I was able to just kind of you know everything's being explored and discovered at the start and introduced but uh, going into book two and three I realized like crap I've got to start planning some of this out because I got to keep things straight and I was I was weaving in and out of different future books that I you know telling information I didn't mean to tell yet and stuff like that. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I could definitely see that if if I ever get to if I ever decide to to try to do a series, I mean you're gonna like you said, you're gonna set yourself up for some complications later if you don't get yeah. time to plan out a little bit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So tell us about uh, any uh, any surprises along the way. Anything that uh, that you you kind of like sat back and like, whoa, where did that come from?
1: Yeah, sure. So a, a couple of things come to mind at first. So kind of to the pantsing point, I had an idea of how it was going to end, and uh, very much like you said, is how I explain it a lot. Like I know I generally. I know point a and I kind of know point B, but I have no idea how we'll get there. I just let them let it go and we'll get there how we get there. Mm -hmm. But, um, the ending uh, that I had in mind is completely changed. Um, like mid pro I mean, it, it was very much a, a surprise to me because as I went, I was working towards this, but then I realized like this, this isn't going that way. Like this isn't how the story wants to go. And, um, So that changed a lot, which has, I mean, that's happened before with short stories too. But, and then the other thing was really when I was done, when I was finished and looked through it, it's not really, I would not really call it a horror story, really. It's more, um, I guess more just like a dark, uh, well, I don't know if you'd say fantasy. I mean, there are horror elements to it, but it's more just dark fiction, I guess. And Mm -hmm. suspense. so, um, I guess, I mean, I had called myself a horror writer and then my second, my first full novella, I don't really feel like it's horror. So, <laughs> I mean, it's got bits and pieces of everything and it's, I mean, it yeah, it works for me. Like, I, I'm really proud of it. I like it a lot. And uh, and I think that that was an awa- sort of an awakening for me that I, I don't, it doesn't have to be horror. Like, I mean, that's my that's my love uh where where a lot of the stuff comes from but it's okay Mm -hmm. if it strays into other thing and it's probably better for it if it does yeah yeah and that's cool it sounds like it kind of turned
0: into a uh, like a dark thriller with some with some horror elements and that's that's cool too i i don't know i sometimes i feel like that may even have a broader audience than just a straight up horror
1: yeah i think for sure i mean you're gonna people who who aren't into horror per se would still be open to this book like i've, I've had people buy it from me and, and ask me if, if it would be okay for their teenage kid to read it or their 10 year old and it's like well i mean it's kind of oh, i wouldn't <laughs> want a parent for you but to me yeah. absolutely it's fine like there's nothing in this that's over the top it would not be rated r i don't think except for maybe language but yeah oh my gosh you just reminded me of my
0: first book i when I was first starting out, I thought, okay, I guess I'm going into horror because this seems like it's going to be a horror book. And it wasn't until I was done that I was like, okay, it's not really horror. It's got horror elements, but it's not really a horror. It's more of a thriller and and Mm -hmm. a mystery and some paranormal mixed into it. And uh, same thing. I had some people like, Oh, well, my 13 year old loves this kind of stuff. Would they be all right? And I'm going, I, I don't know. Maybe I I suppose so. Like, I mean, I guess if I was 13, I'd want to read it. And yeah,
1: probably did. But yeah. um, <laughs> I think of that too because I mean, when I was that age, I was reading definitely harder stuff than that. But I don't, I don't know that that's a fair comparison to anyone else's thirteen-year-old kid either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. I look at my grandkids now, and some of the stuff they do, and my wife just looks at me and
1: says, "That's your fault." Mm, and I'm like, oh, "Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's true." My so- uh, <laughs>
1: My oldest daughter is uh, 16. She turned 16 back in March, and it's she's reaching that nearly adult stage now, where like she'll tell me she'll in passing like, "Oh, I watched this movie," and in my mind, i was like, "You watched that? Like, <laughs> there's nudity in that, or something like <laughs> yeah." It's it's an adjustment to get to the accepting that uh, those parental blocks that you try to put out for some things start to whether you like it or not, they're going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it
0: happens to all of us, you know, God willing it, uh, it comes to all of us. Uh, Mm -hmm. my, my youngest turned 18 this actually in April, uh, when your book was coming out and it's been an adjustment going from him, you know, studying at night and uh, getting ready for school the next day to now he's, he works, usually works late evenings and he'll go out with his friends and maybe he'll come home in the morning and like oh man holy cow where did the time go but i know uh well so hey uh what's uh you know what's next
1: for you what uh what are you working on now so i am i've done i've had a few other short stories that i've written for either uh like anthology calls or or either anthology calls that i ended up not finishing it in time to submit so now i just have a story so eventually i it's not immediately but i will do another collection but my current what i'm focused on is uh is the next hopefully novel if not just a novella I, if it turns out to be a novella that's fine um but it is a and I'm, I'm calling it sort of an, an appalachian ghost story um mm. my my mom grew up in the mountains in like southeastern kentucky and uh I've, and she, well, she's actually she's told me a few times because she's read all the stuff I've, I've put out and she's told me that I should write a, a ghost story. That's what she wants me to do. So I'm kind of writing this one, uh, setting it where she grew up and with some sort of Easter eggs that she will get. Maybe not anybody else will, but sort of a, a book for her. So doing I, I don't have a title. I'm only like seven thousand words into it but um but the yeah the hope is to to get this thing done and out by the end of the year and i'm hoping uh doors of chamberlain was about 32 34 thousand words so i'm as i continue this journey on now writing a novel which I, we could argue how many words that has to be to call it a novel but i'm i'm hoping for at least 40 if not fifty thousand words on this one so we'll see um I feel decent about it right now, with where I'm at in the story and the word count now. So, so that's the that's the current one, and I've got a, a few other ideas that uh, I will be writing eventually. It's just a matter of I uh, I still have problems with uh, consistency and routine. I I actually just I wrote a couple of days ago for the first time in like three weeks, just because um, you know. Same as everybody, you got a lot going on and things happen and get in the way and you have to put it off to the side for a little bit. So Mm. I've got a lot I want to get done. It's just a matter of building that discipline and routine and being consistent. So that's probably the biggest challenge I have right now is once I sit down and do it, I'm, I'm usually happy with what I do, but I don't sit down and do it enough yeah well i I hear you there you're you're not
0: alone in that aspect it's been a been a trying year and I had had planned on having my second book of the series out this past spring and that hasn't happened and the same kind of uh plan that you had I was hoping for two books this year and of course in the back of my mind I'm still thinking like you can do it you can do it but. <laughs> we'll see what happens i mean it's i don't know i'm much the same like when i get time to sit down like i'm actually hammering out some pretty good words i'm doing at least a thousand words and in, in a little while a little sprint um but uh it's just getting that consistent time uh, yeah. to do it has been annoying to to find i hear you <laughs> But anyway, well, hey, I I appreciate you uh, coming back and uh, sharing all this information with us and talking about the new book. uh, Tell us about what you're working on now and everything. It's been this is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I hope you let us know when your next book is available
1: so we can uh, help share the word about it. Absolutely. yeah, I will. uh, I'll come knocking every time. (laughs) All right, buddy.
0: Well, hey, uh, once again, where can people find and follow you?
1: Uh, um, Mostly Twitter is really the only social media that I use. Um, that's at Steve LC eight three four nine. Um, so you can check there. I do eventually. I'm gonna do a, a a website and have more structure to it. But again, that's just making time to get, to get it done. So yeah, Twitter is the main thing, and then um, I also have the Amazon author page, so you can link get that to to link to both my books as well as the anthology. Yeah. And that's awesome that you have that. It's like we
0: were talking about before, surprising how many authors don't have their Amazon page claimed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, everybody listening, you're able to go in there and follow your favorite authors, follow authors that you're interested in. And Amazon will let you know, hey, they have a new book about to come out. Uh, So it's a great way to... uh, uh, to, to follow an author and be aware of when they have a book coming out if they don't have a website uh,
1: so, so you know make sure you uh, get over there I'm going to have a link for uh, each of those his twitter Actually, and- well you just reminded me too that I, I also have my author page on goodreads and book so so there you there. go I, perfect I forget about those too, but
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect all right so we'll share links for all that in the uh, show notes and uh, everybody you know what are you waiting for well wait for the end of this reading and then click down there and uh, follow Steve and check out this latest book. Steve, again, thank you so much for joining me. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, man, and I uh, wish you all the best. And I uh, can't wait to uh, see how things go with the, with the next book again.
1: Thank you, man. I, have a, I had a good time, as always. <laughs> all right, ladies
0: and gentlemen, time for me to step aside with my writer's block coffee and uh, we'll enjoy this sample reading from Steve Clark and... The Doors of Chamberlain.
1: All right, so I'm gonna go through, I'll just read the first chapter of the book. So this is uh, chapter one of The Doors of Chamberlain. Janie frowned at the overflowing post office box. The postmaster's voicemail stated she had three days to collect her mail or it would be removed. She had listened to it with the same disinterested gaze that had become her default appearance. Her thin arms flexed as she pulled, twisted, and yanked, struggling to free the bundle of papers. Finally, they erupted and fluttered to the floor. She squatted and scooped the stray letters into a pile, stacking them on top of a bulky brown envelope. The sunshine through the front window of the post office made her nearly luminescent. Her complexion had gone from a moderately tan to a ghastly pale in the few months since Mark disappeared. The orange sundress she wore hung loosely on her frame. Ribs showed through the oversized armholes. She had always been thin, but now bore the jagged edges of malnutrition. Deep gray pockets under her eyes were the only spots of color remaining on her face. With more effort than should have been necessary, she stood to her full height and exited the post office, passing the metal shutter pulled over the window on her way out. She was relieved no one else was in the office, sparing her any stares or attention. Haven Hills was a small town with an even smaller population. Everyone knew Janie Maris, and everyone knew Mark was gone. The local news reports of the Haven Hills man gone missing while filming a reality TV show were a hot discussion topic. They gave sympathetic condolences to Janie when they caught her out and watched her descend through despair and grief. The crisp air of a fall morning greeted her as she descended the post office steps. Two teenage boys stepped aside as she passed them on the sidewalk. Faces a meth, bro, one of them said. Get that girl something to eat, said the other. It wasn't the first time she'd heard the joke. She was the poor girl who lost her fiancé and turned to drugs to cope. It wasn't true, but she didn't have the energy to argue. That, and she didn't care. It wasn't drugs rendering her into the wraith-like figure she'd become. Grief consumed her, a piece of broken heart clutched in each gnarled hand. She finished the two-block trek from the post office back to the house. Like her, the small house was neglected. The grass grew wild. Weeds sprouted in clumps and yellowed patches, gave way to mounds of dirt pushed skyward by molds. The windows were streaked and grimy, highlighted by closed blinds Janie no longer open. A garbage can overflowing with white trash bags sat at the edge of the house with more bags piled around it. Trash pickup was Friday mornings, but it had been weeks since Janie dragged the can to the end of the driveway. Her red Oldsmobile Alero sat parked in the same place it had been for two months. A squirrel watched intently from underneath the rear bumper as Janie crossed the driveway, climbed the two steps onto the small front porch, and let herself inside. The gloom of the house was a welcome retreat from the caustic sunshine and prying eyes outside. She locked the door behind her, walked to the kitchen, and dropped a stack of envelopes onto the cluttered table. She wanted to crawl back in bed and let sleep take her, but there were urgent matters to attend to. The stack of mail undoubtedly included bills with big red final notice stamps plastered on them. Their meager savings were dwindling. With Mark gone and Janie too distraught to return to work, there was no income. That the world would carry on business as usual, despite her world screeching to a halt, felt terribly unfair. She grabbed an energy drink from the mostly barren refrigerator and resigned herself to deciding which bills to pay now and which ones to delay until the inevitable shutoff. She sat in the rickety kitchen chair at the head of the table. Several of the letters were pre-approved credit card offers. She gave them all a cursory glance before tossing them to the side. Next came the electric bill that now featured a payment plan option to avoid disconnection. She breathed a sigh of relief, though she knew it would only grant her a temporary reprieve. Better than having to come up with the full balance now. The water and cable bills followed. She tossed the cable bill onto the credit card offers, let them shut it off. She hadn't watched television in weeks. The last item remaining was the brown packing envelope. There was no return address, only her name and address written in black Sharpie in big letters across the front. She tore open the package. A flash drive cluttered onto the table. Janie's brow creased as she pulled a single piece of paper from the envelope. She read the three sentences scrawled on the paper and then read them again, her hand trembling. Mark is not dead. Watch the videos. I need your help. Oh my goodness, man.
0: A piece of broken heart clutched in each gnarled hand. Wow, that was powerful. And that was Steve Clark reading a sample chapter from his new novel, The Doors of Chamberlain. The book is available right there in the show notes. You can click that link for Steve and the book and where to follow him. Don't forget to also click the links for our podcast friends, affiliates, and sponsor, And hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out when we're back with an all-new author, a brand new book, and an all-new sample chapter. Take care, everyone. I hope you're having a good summer, and we will talk to you again real, real soon.